So, ladies, as we're going live on women in food and farming on, oh, Debbie, what's the date today? It's Tuesday, the 3rd of May. 3rd, 3rd of May. We'll just let um, um, all the lovely people click in and we'll just wait for the social media to, to come in. Um, Stephanie, you'll, you'll like this. I've got um, there's such a great introduction about, about, your, about yourself. I normally use uh, an auto cue. Check me out. But my son's gone and nicked it um, because he runs a TikTok account. Uh, that's got half a million subscribers about iPhone fixing. So he's nicked my auto queue. So I've got everything printed up behind me. So it's, it's outrageous the conditions I'm having to work in today. So I do, do apologise uh, uh, on, <laughs> on behalf of women in food and, and farming. So right, I've got a bunch of green lights behind me. We're live on LinkedIn. We're live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Zoom. And you'll be able to hear us on the podcast. So my name is Max McGillivray. McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. We're live with the jeopardy of women and food and farming. Um, we've Debbie, how many broadcasts do you think we've run now? It must be 14, 15, 16, something like that. Yes, something of that sort of order. Yes. And, 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 and they've all, all been fantastic, but they all have a, a slight air of a jeopardy, which we pre-warned our fan, fantastic guest today, uh, Stephanie Berkeley about Stephanie from Yellow Willies. Stephanie, say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. And just before we get going, we normally have our illustrious leader, Christine Take on just giving us a, a run through on what she's seen in the, in the sector and also about women and food and farming. Uh, but Christine has double booked herself uh, tonight. So we've got the even better uh, Debbie uh, on, who's going to just give us a bit of a, a background about uh, women and food and farming. But Debbie, before we do that, we, we've had you on a, a number of times, but could you just give a little bit of background on yourself, please, for everyone? Uh I'm, I'm an agronomist by training and I worked for a major supermarket and PepsiCo as a technical manager. And um, so I, I kind of like know quite a lot of people in both farming and fresh produce. Um, and I got involved in women in food and farming as Christine did fairly pretty much at the beginning. And the idea of the group is that we support lots of other people um, at various stages of their career and just have a, a safe space to connect, to chat, maybe even to mentor. Um, before the pandemic, we were meeting about three times a year, usually having an interesting speaker. And obviously since the pandemic, we are very grateful to Max for hosting us once a month on a Tuesday so that we can uh, discuss a subject and connect so that we all know who, who we are and where we are. So really without any more ado, let's get into the topic, which is very exciting. No, I'm just going to come, come back to you because I, I do think that uh, in, in, on occasions people need to be applauded. And, and Debbie, you're fantastic and you're also very modest. I asked an individual this morning who happened to just uh, ring in co coincidentally as to what they thought of you, Debbie. And they came out with a fantastic um, statement. If it wasn't for Debbie, I wouldn't have the career I have today. So that's, the, the, and I, I, I won't name them, I'll name them afters, but not, not, not uh, on here, because that, that would embarrass them um, on, on, this, on the platforms. But there's a, a number, Stephanie, there's a number of people on the Women of uh, Food and Farming um, Committee, for the want of better expression, young or old, uh, whatever the state of um, the careers they're in, and they really do pull on each other. And for that person to stay, just to say it again, I wouldn't have the career I have today if it wasn't for uh, for Debbie, because the way that Debbie's mentored this this individual in, the, in their career, and I think that's that's what... Debbie, it's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years with the, the broadcasts that we've done, the 200 plus broadcasts, is, is two, two words. Um, is collaboration and mentorship, and you, your gang of women in food and farming, seems to be very, seem to be very adept, very strong at offering that mentorship 
um, throughout throughout the various age groups of everyone everyone within the sector. Debbie, what do you think? I, I, well, thank you for that. But I also think it's it's incredibly important, particularly as like without being funny, as I'm coming to the more of the end of my career to uh, encourage the youngsters, particularly the youngsters or or people in their late twenties or early thirties. And that's sometimes where you hit odd barriers to do with progression or to do with returning after family and we can all share learnings and that's really what we're trying to do so um yeah. you know if anybody wants uh, any connectivity that's what we're here for and please shout out excellent and and, and there's no way you're going to retire because uh, there's rumors that you're going to become a chairperson of tesco's um have, have you have you received that email that, that no letter, that not that one. Oh, right so, so it's 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 uh it's, it's are they saying it's coming over tonight so, so watch out for that. Keep, keep your phone on. Yeah. No, I'm fine. Thank you. Excellent. And, and uh, what a great introduction to to, wo to women in food, food and farming. Stephanie, we've, we've sort of held you in the, in the wings, but shall we get on with you? Because it's such an, an important subject uh, that we're going to discuss today. And uh, I know that you and your team run it with such passion. Stephanie, Stephanie, shall we get on with this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how can you follow something like that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the bar's been set so high. I know. We'll see, 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 well, we'll see what everyone says about your good self and what comments come in. I'm sure they'll be equally positive. Uh, Debbie, could you just turn off your video um, yeah, so yes. that I can... Uh, Excellent. Well done. So um, I'm just going to read out, um, uh, it's, it's relatively long, but I think it's really important, Stephanie, if this is okay to get this um, across, especially for people on the on the podcast, because they do really love the, the background of what we're, we're talking about. Because sometimes when you listen to broadcasts or, or podcasts, you don't quite have the full um, context of what everyone is talking about. So let's go for it. Women in Food and Farming, our May broadcast with our guest speaker, Stephanie Berkeley. Yellow wellies! Um, we are delighted to have Stephanie on uh, from the Great Yellow Wellies Initiative, part of the UK Farm Safety Foundation. So the Farm Safety Foundation, of course, you've heard of them, but especially for our international um, listeners and, and viewers, you might not have. There's been rising concern over the continuing high level fatal and life changing injuries on farms, which has prompted the leading rural insurer, the NFU Mutual, oh, I insure with the NFU, to set up a charitable foundation in 2014 to help farmers work safely. The foundation works closely with partners in the industry to engage, educate, and communicate strong and relatable farm safety messages. Over the past eight years, the FSF has developed and delivered farm safety training for 16,000 young farmers in 44 land-based colleges and universities throughout the UK and through the Young Farmers Club networks. Through national campaigns such as Farm Safety Week and Mind Your Head, uh, uh, the Farm Safety Foundation is preserving and protecting the physical and mental well-being of the next generation of farmers and equipping them with smart strategies and specific skills to live well and farm well. So, Stephanie, what about Stephanie? Hailing from Donegal in Ireland, Stephanie's friends were either farmers or fishermen at equally dangerous industries. After studying European business studies and spending time uh, living and studying in uh, Barcelona, Stephanie began a career in journalism at Belfast news Newsletter, working in the business section of the newspaper before joining publishing house Greer Publications with Ulster Business Magazine. After various roles in the Greer Publications Group, the specific magazine and Ulster Business, Stephanie was appointed editor of the award-winning Northern Women magazine, as well as editing the lifestyle section of Ulster Business. Crikey, Stephanie, you've done, you've done a lot. I've only got to uh, uh, 2014. From 2006 to 2014, she was marketing and PR manager for W5, Ireland's only science centre and a charity with educational aims 
before her move in 2014 to Stratford-upon-Avon, where she has developed and grown the Farm Safety Foundation, its education program and award-winning campaigns. Stephanie is a qualified mental health first aider, author of The Little Book of Mind in Your Head, I love that, The Little Book of Mind in Your Head, a member of the International Society of Agriculture, Safety and Health, and represents the UK on safety, culture and risk management and agriculture. Stephanie, hello. Does that describe you well? Does that describe uh, Yellow Wellies well? Please take it away. Yeah, who is she? <laughs> She's done an awful lot. She's ancient. She must be ancient. No, yeah. you must be very proud. You must be very proud of what, of what and that's a, a comment, not a question. You must be very proud of what you've achieved. We're here to applaud. No, not at all. I mean, there's so much more to do, you know. It, yeah, I, I suppose that's that, well, I, what, what a great, great uh, segue in, into into what you do. So, so come on, let, let's um, let's start off with a. I bet there's, there's not such a thing, but the average week for you and your team within your organisation within Yellow Wellies. Take us away. What's an average week? Oh gosh, as you as you said, there isn't an average week. I mean, the the whole way throughout the year, we are busy, so there's no downtime. So, sort of January through to May June, there's the education program. But as well as the education program, you're getting ready for the show season, you're delivering a campaign, you're working with partners out there to deliver business training, to deliver uh, training on mental health, to sit with all party parliamentary groups. Um, then during the summer, we're right into show season. So I'm standing in a field in a pair of wellies for three days out of five. I could be, um, and that could be Cornwall, Devon, um, Edinburgh, Balmoral, which is next week. Wow. You know, it could be anywhere. And then also getting ready for Farm Safety Week, which happens the 18th to the 22nd of July this year. Uh, conducting research, working with various um, universities about different types of research, either commissioning it or working with them to go through the, the learnings and, and share those with the people that need to learn that. So it's not really typical. So I could be delivering face-to-face -face training using virtual reality. I could be doing it over Zoom, writing reports, getting ready for the trustees meeting because yes, we were set up independently by NFU Mutual, but we have an independent board of trustees um, that we report to every quarter. Yeah, okay. So come on, here's the big one. Uh, why do we need you? What's the point of you? Good God. Well, farming has the poorest safety record of any occupation in the UK. 1% of the workplace with less than half a million people working in an industry that accounts for 24% of all workplace deaths. Yeah, yeah, they need us. They need anybody that's going to talk about farm safety out there. They need somebody that's consistently and constantly banging the drum and in a very gentle, reminding way, not in a preachy way, but actually making people remember about all the, the issues, the hazards and the risks that they face every single day and every single task that they undertake. So, so um, statistically, has, has uh, farm safety, um, and I'm not asking us to go to the minutiae, but from the, sort of the 50s to 60s to present day, has it got uh, progressively better or are we, any accident, any, any golf of it, any death is, is just beyond re reproach, but ha have, are we getting better on farm or do we still need to drive through this, this this subtle but very important message about farm safety ongoing. Yeah, well, one, de one death is one death too many, you know, and if we're up there to prevent any deaths, avoidable deaths, 
and that is um and they're not accidents by the way they're incidents because accident gives a degree of that it's up to luck or bad luck and it's not because the hse would basically tell you that most of the farm fatal um, incidents that happen can be avoided and should be avoided so it has plateaued there are less people working in the industry but it still has that high level of um fatal injuries and we are still four times more dangerous than the construction industry we're wow. 20 times more 20 times more dangerous than the industry average wow okay, okay so uh, what why specifically why are you targeting the the the, the likes of the young farmers and just to say that those numbers again 16,000 young farmers in 44 land-based colleges and universities that you've targeted why why target that particular generation yeah well there's been several short-lived safety initiatives over the years and they make the promise come home safe safe stop and they've either run out of money they've been targeting farmers wives children etc you know but there's never been a focus on those people who are starting to make their journey into the industry so we decided to go with the next generation of farmers so we can educate them about the business that they're getting into. And believe me, it is a business. We don't want to preach to them, but we want to enthuse them about the opportunities that the industry offers. We want to start celebrating good behaviours and be able to encourage them to call out poor ones, all with the aim of driving better attitudes and behaviours to risk taking and poor mental health in the industry. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a, there's a great... You've already done it. You're already ahead of me on this one. But I think there's a great marketing um, aspect on the likes of Castrol GTX uh, that they identified. Uh, I think this was in the 70s and 80s that if they could target um, young, young young kids with bicycles to start using the oil, uh, when they uh, there's a younger individuals then moved on to the likes of mopeds and motorbikes, they then use the oil. If they then went on to cars, they then use the Castrol oil. And if they went into agricultural construction, they then use the oil. Um, so if you, if you just uh, hold my hand with this analogy, if you're um, educating those younger individuals from the get go um, in, in, in a subtle manner about farm safety, they're going to take that. It's going to be uh, sort of uh, uh, virtually tattooed on the inside of the head. So wh whichever farm or unit um, uh, or enterprise they go into, they've already got that in mind so they can pick up the good things that they're seeing or, or perhaps definitely even educate um, the, the, that generation that they're going into as to what farm safety should look like. So I think that's a that, that's a spot. And have they the, those individuals, we, especially especially young men, we know what what the what they're like. Having a six-year-old my, myself, that you can shout blue blue in the face and it won't go in. And it, are they picking up that message, or do you have to be quite draconian, or or, or it is is it it is that subtle subtle method of presenting it to them? What, what's the, what's the answer with them? I think the thing is you've got to make it you've got to make safety sexy. You know, and the way we do it is by using things that they use. They play Call of Duty. They play all of these video games. They use virtual reality. So we're delivering our training by using virtual reality. So the messages that we give to them are, you know, this is what it's like. We use people's um, stories to, you know, to actually get that message across. But actually, the whole thing is it's your health. It's your safety. It's your choice. You're doing a business you want to do this for the next 40 years you want to have all your fingers on your hand you want to have all your limbs you know you want to do this safely because it's the right thing to do and you want to make money out of it i'm a charity they're the business a farm is a business you yep. know and you want to make money out of it they're thinking of so many fantastic ways to diversify stay in the industry and get into new markets so we're giving them that sort of business knowledge we're also giving them something that 
they won't get anywhere else, which is the ability and the skills to have a challenging conversation with an older farmer that may be doing it wrong, but to do that in a very respectful way. And that's really important because we do not want a bunch of kids coming out of college is going, we know everything, you know nothing. That's rude. It's not going to work. But if we can give them a ladder of challenge, a way to start a conversation about safety that will make the farmer himself feel comfortable that actually it's my idea or it's the right thing to do. But actually the, the student or the young person who, by the way, might be scared to have that conversation because this person's paying their wages. Yeah. They could start that conversation comfortably and confidently knowing that they're doing it in a respectful manner. Yeah. And they might get the men. They will want to get the outcome that they want from it. Oh God, you're good. Um, there's a, uh, give you another example. I've, I've got, I've got too many kids. I've got a 14 year old boy who's, who's uh, farming mad and uh, he wants to go to Harper, Harper Adams university. Other universities are, are available, um, but he's already, he's already created a great relationship with our local um, estate, which is about two and a half thousand acres. Um, and he's doing his uh, Duke of Edinburgh, he's doing litter picking on, on, on the farm. And he said to me that, uh, he said, Dad, what my proudest moment is going to be uh, when I'm of, of an age that I can do corn carts. And uh, when the estate director gives me my, my high-vis jacket, I know we'll, I will have made it. And the fact that he's getting excited about being presented a high-vis jacket. Um, and so this, this uh, particular estate are, are top-notch and on health and safety. And everyone, wherever they are on the farm, is always wearing a branded um, mm -hmm. estate um, high-vis jacket. And he's so excited to be able to. And so, again, driving that sort of societal change in this specific area of, of health and safety, to have a 14-year-old boy become 16, 17, to um, look, look forward to being presented his new um, high-vis jacket. I, 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 was just, I was sort of blown away when he, when he told me that. Yeah, I think something like that is fantastic, but it's actually just letting people know that the whole issue, demystifying the whole health and safety, because people go health and safety and roll their eyes, all that sort of stuff, risk assessments, roll their eyes, but it's just bringing it back down to the fact that you make yourself a cup of coffee in the morning, you're going to lift it, you're not going to drink it straight away because you know it's hot, if it's hot it's going to burn you, you could get really hurt, put it down, wait for it to cool, that's a risk assessment. You know, so people are doing these every day. So when you kind of explain it to that in that way to a group of students, whether or not they're a group of GCSE students or whether it's Harper Adams, who I do train and I'm going up there on Thursday, actually, this week. Excellent. So, I mean, we have a fantastic relationship with that team, always have done. Um, so we do their introduction to farm safety. We then do their pre-placement talk before they go out for the year's placement as well. So getting them to understand that actually, do you know what? having that attitude is about doing something safely. Yep. Nothing else. It's not about piles of paperwork. It's not about anything yeah. that's a waste of space or policing. It's keeping you safe. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. And, and the, the Farm Safety Foundation, they, uh, you, you run Farm Safety Week and the, I love the, the, the campaign, Mind Your Head. And there have been mm. campaigns in the past about farm safety. What, what would you say to someone who says that these campaigns don't work? What's the point of them? It's just wasting uh, um, our money, the NFU's money. It's a, it's a way. What would you say to people that say these campaigns don't work? I would be very polite and say in the nicest possible way that they are very, very wrong. Because campaigns can work, but only as long as they're fully integrated with every other activity carried out every other day by the organizer. It's not something you can dip into once a year. We're small, you know that there's only three of us, but this is something we do every single day of the year 
through research, education, communication, encouraging people to prioritize their physical and mental well-being each and every day, not just in the Mind Your Head Week or Farm Safety Week. They are helpful to start having difficult conversations if you've never had them, but they never should never ever be about hashtags, publicity stunts, attention grabbing headlines. It's much deeper than that. It's about, as you said, educating and engaging the industry that has a dismally poor safety record and worrying levels of mental health. We wanna challenge them, we wanna change that. So they are a step in the right direction. I mean, what would be happening if we weren't talking about it? Yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't even mention that. And, and, what, and what about this? Uh, the, I feel like I'm, I'm presenting the negative questions, but it does. But I think we need to to, to get get the most out, out of the subject. Um, with with the with farming incomes being stretched, that you, you can see what's going to happen. That potentially um, most farms are going to have a, a good year this year because they'd already bought bought all their, their inputs. And um, mm. the likes of just say arable farming, there will be some. Um, amazing prices coming through, but it's next year when it's really going to bite, when um, the input costs are still going to be very high and, the, and, and they're sort of going to, um, the, a lot of farmers aren't going to have a lot of money. Um, is there a large investment that has to go into to health and safety? Are you, are you fearful that there might be shortcuts? And what, what can we do as a, as a collective um, to help farmers to not take shortcuts, to make sure that the message, your message has still been put over, over the next year, 18 months, two years? Yeah, I would, be, I would agree with you that I would be fearful that farm safety could be the first thing that they cut, you know, well, actually, one of the easiest things you can do to improve safety on the farm is tidy up the yard. Oh, that, doesn't, awesome. that doesn't cost a penny. I mean, yeah. it doesn't always have to cost the earth, but not doing it could cost you your life. And I know that sounds like a, you know, a, a sort of a grab or a soundbite, but most of the incidents that happen, happen because the work isn't planned, the risks aren't recognised. The precautions aren't taken. The equipment that they're using is defective. It's not properly maintained or it's not being used properly. You know, I think the thing is how many of us consider how much it would go to cost, how much it would cost to go to hospital for the night yep. or how much it would cost to be unable to work for an extended period or yep. even as 41 families experienced last year, how much does it cost to arrange a funeral? Oh, so you've got to make the, you've got to weigh it up and make sure that actually it is an investment and it's a right investment. Shouldn't be the first thing to go. It should be the first thing in place. Yeah, well, well said. And I'm just thinking of some of the farms I've visited in, in, the, in the last year. We've got a fantastic friend down in Somerset who runs a large apple business and, and the whole unit farm is, is spotless. Um, the, the equipment is spotless. It's incredibly well-maintained and it's not the, the owner that does that. It's the team because the team is so proud. And then two weeks ago, I went to a large farm uh, to drop off a friend uh, with, a, with a VW van because it's been fixed. And uh, I took my 14-year-old uh, farming mad uh, son and we couldn't believe the state of this very large and very busy uh, farm. There was just stuff everywhere, trip hazards, uh, falling rooftops, and, and it, we, we just both of us couldn't understand that why it was so bad because it would only take a week with the with the number of people that they that they have. And there's so many odd um, odd odd um, 
uh, negatives and, and positives. As an example, with my day job, with my recruitment hat on, we've uh, about six months ago, we did a farm manager role, recruitment project to find, find a farm manager for, for a business. And they didn't have a website. And if anyone uh, uh, Googled that particular business, the first thing that came up was a, was a um, health and safety prosecution uh, for an, an individual within the farm that had had a bad accident, broken, broken an arm because of some faulty machinery. And that was the first thing that comes up when you search for this, this farm. And it's, uh, it's ridiculous. So, well done again i'm learning so much today that yeah just just to to, to create that that sense of being proud of of the farm that you're in and again coming back to those young those younger individuals if those younger individuals are coming onto those farms um even as their placement students or um as um great uh, grain uh, great hauliers for the uh for, 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 the, for the summer for them to look to tie, tidy up the farm could just save one incident couldn't it stephanie yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's it's that fresh pair of eyes is also really good. And the thing is, do it once and do it well. You know, it means you don't have to go back and redo things and you notice that. And actually, the thing is, if you see something that's not safe, call it out. Because at the end of the day, you're talking about, you know, the costs of farm safety, the legal costs, the moral costs, the financial costs. And those financial costs are things like that, you know, that negative PR but also the moral cost because if somebody gets hurt as a result of something that you could have called out you're going to have to live with that yourself yep. so these are the kind of messages that we do want to get across to yeah. people that actually that that will make our farms safer yep. really and, and just go back to that example that you used earlier of, of construction when you think of all mm. the construction that's going on in the UK and you think of most construction sites especially uh, on d domestic um uh, buildings where I am in Suffolk uh, on my drive home there's a there's a 50 houses coming up in was it 10 weeks or something Stephanie from the first sod being turned over to the to the key being passed over so they've been working at a hell of a pace but they don't touch would have incidences with, with farms farms are, are, are larger larger areas there's larger um, areas of concrete buildings what why is farming so so much more dangerous than say construction where everything's more compact and there's more people and there's more kit what why is farming so dangerous well also construction's a lot more regulated construction was really bad up until maybe 10 15 years ago when they started to bring in those um when they started to bring in their legislation but they also got the buy-in from the big builders you know so then it became part and parcel of it it's like you know getting into a car and putting on your car your seat belt and things like that the wearing of high vis the wearing of hard hats on construction sites became it's normalized that behavior was like we don't see somebody on a on a building site or they won't they're not allowed on the building site without that PPE, whereas we don't have that in farming, but also where the farmer works is where they live. So it's a family home as well as, as everything else. As you said, it could extend over acres and acres of land. You're not, builders don't live and work in the same place, whereas farmers do. And that's, that's another issue as well. So it's a lot of things. There's a lot of regulation in our industry anyway. We don't want any more farmers tell us that they don't want any more regulation. You know, and it's the thing is, there's a lot of complacency in farming. Yep. People think they know their own farms and the risks involved in going about their tasks every day. That might be true, but those risks change every day. So the next time things mightn't work out. So we want people to rethink risk, to carry out risk assessments either in their head or on paper and put the controls that suit the circumstances of their own farms. Yeah, and I, I think of every... Um, close friend I had at Harper, all of us have had a major incident on a farm 
which has involved someone getting, no, luckily not, not not killed, but all being being pretty pretty badly hurt, either themselves or, or them being involved. And yeah, it is it is just just in some respects it is complacency. And, and let's also look at that elephant in the room: our kids, children aren't allowed on building sites. Do you think children? Farms, uh, young kids, young generations, uh, school visits. All. Do you think kids should be banned from farms? How, how do we how do we how do we equate that one, please? Yeah, that's a question that's been debated and yet argued for many years. And you're right. If the family business was, you know, construction, you would not have a child shingling a roof. But a family family farm, children as young as ten are driving quads, they're driving tractors, they're doing work that might be part and parcel of rural life but it contributes to killing and injuring children and teenagers every year. I'm the mother and one of my friends has been through this mm. and I know people will agree that no child should die as a result of it. So, you know, the thing is, it's that record that we have, we're the only industry where children continue to lose their lives. That's not, that is not something we're proud of, but it's something that only we can change. The thing is the farms are family homes. You know, they're fabulous places for children to grow up. They can be really keen to help out with farm work with their parents, their brothers and sisters. But it's each farm task has a certain level of risk associated with it. You know, yeah. and there are those that believe that the benefits of farm life for children, which is spent in quality time with their parents and their family, early exposure to serious work and responsibility can outweigh the risks. I think that's wrong. There's no risk is worth losing the life of a child. Totally, totally. So come on, let, let's get my magic wand out. If, if we could create success um, with all, all of our networks uh, from Women in Food and Farming today for yourself, for your colleagues, for, for, for Yellow Wellies, for, for the NFU Mutual, what, what would success look like um, in the respect of farm safety, please? Success would look like me speaking to you, Max, to get a real job so that <laughs> I'm, not need, I'm not needed anymore. Yeah. That to me is success. Success yep. is no longer needing to have a charity that's set up to do this every day of the year. You know, um, that that's the biggest success that there is. The way we can work together to get the information out there, to get the resources. We've, as I said, we've written, you know, resources that are sitting there on our website for people to use if they want them. You know, yep. they're free of charge. We're working with people like Christine as well, you know, to come up with really practical solutions to different things that are challenges for farmers that they may come across. Yeah. We're looking at um, basically just getting something like Farm Safety Week, which this year is going to be 10 years old. Huh. You know, in 10 years time, I do not want to be doing another Farm Safety Week. Hopefully we'll not need it. Yeah. So, so, so come on, give, give us some practicalities. How can we help you? How can we all collaborate with you, whether it be Women in Food and Farming or all the people that are dialed in, listening live or on, on the records or on, on, on the podcast? What should we be doing uh, to assist you to collaborate with you, please? Okay, so first thing you can do is like and share all our content on social media. So okay. we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're at Yellow Wellies UK on that. Our website is yellowwellies.org. If you have personal experience, if you have a passion for doing something, making a difference, sign up as an ambassador. We have 58 fantastic people from right across the UK who either using their own experiences and um, their own knowledge can help us 
can help us develop what we're trying to do, can help speak on our behalf. If we get requests from TV, radio, to speak about the, the either mental health or farm safety that we can count on to be a spokesperson for us that can basically evangelize in the local area, you yeah. know, and be wow. a spokesperson for farm safety. So they can join up on our website. As I said, you can like and share on social media and you'll know, get behind the campaigns that we've got. Yep. And and the, the lights of it, it's, it's little things, but it just it just adds the momentum of it. So carrying your brand um, on the lights of um, uh, farmers uh, uh, own websites or, or trade groups run, running your brand just to create that that uh, that awareness. Because so, so to me, we just need whether it be a, a 17 year old or a 58 year old on, on a tractor on a farm or about to end, enter a pen of, um, of, of livestock and just actually stopping and thinking, oh, I, I remember hearing that bloke on the radio or I remember hearing that lady, one of the ambassadors say, and then just checking themselves before they go in. To, to me, that, that's what would work really well from this, this, uh, this conversation, this collaboration, to get them just to stop and think before rushing in and creating an incident with a piece of machine, machinery or, or livestock. Would, would that help? Do you think that would help? Yes, absolutely. Something along those lines or thinking at the very start of every day, if there was going to be an incident on the farm today, what's it likely to be? And then working back and thinking, right, I've identified that. Let me go and have a look. Yeah. So then you've got you're preventing that from happening. Even yeah. that's just one thing, yeah. and that doesn't cost a penny. Yeah, yeah, and it comes back to what you were saying um, earlier about um, com complacency, isn't it? Just to because most farms will have a six thirty, seven thirty uh, meeting. Just going back to my local estate, the first thing that they bring up um, at their seven thirty meeting is health and safety. Has anyone seen? So, so they, they, they must have heard you, Stephanie. Has anyone? seen anything over the last day that we need to be aware of that we need to fix as a priority so it comes back to what we were saying again earlier about some uh, farmers uh, being under the uh, the cost financially uh, the likes of that that unit it, it is just it would never be ignored because they just don't want to cro cross that line so to me that's a fantastic example so with, with the example of, of you you've got so many resources on tap that we could pull upon uh, to, to bring in to educate um, us um, everyone we're associated with, whether it be the farms or um, all the folk at the pub or the social groups that, that, that we're involved with, just to, what what's the marketing term? Why care and share? So that's why we need to start this conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, if you're, whether or not it's the farm safety side of things or whether or not it's the mental health side of things, we have like one hour bite side sessions. So if your organization thinks that you could benefit from it, then contact us, we can deliver it. You know, yep. we've done it from AHDB, we've done it for British Sugar, for DEFRA, all of those kind of guys. And if they've only got in one hour to do it, we'll pull it in within an hour and make, give it something. But then they walk away with a little book of minding your head, you know, that gives them that wee bit more information that they that they might want to go back and revisit. Or yep. oh, I'm not sure if I heard that right. Let me check. I've done it right. You know, so we've also got the same in terms of farm safety. So whether it's parents of people on farms whether or not it's temporary workers, there's a book there. There's a farm emergency plan on the website as well that people wow. can actually edit. So it's something that basically, if the worst comes to the worst, that it's a time-saving thing. It's got your what three words location, your grid coordinates. It's got your local vet, your local police, all of those people that you're going to forget their numbers. You don't know if it's a fight or flight reaction you're going to have if you yeah. come across a farm accident and timing is of the element in any farm accident, because if it's an accident on a farm, it's not a paper cut.
It's yeah. a big one. Yeah. It's a life-changing one, a potentially life-ending one. So time is of the essence. Yeah, well done. Uh, Kirsty, um, uh, Debbie, can you just come, come back in as, as we look, look to wrap up? And, and, and Stephanie, just talk to us about your big campaign your, uh, that, that's coming up um, so that we can look to see if we can um, uh, assist to promote that even further. Go on, go on. Yeah. promote it, please. Well, yeah, we've got Farm Safety Week that's coming up from the 18th to the 22nd of July. As I said before, it's the 10th year, 10th anniversary of the campaign. Five countries, five days, you know, one message. And this year is basically, it's about the fact that 10 years on, we're still talking about this. We're yeah. still having the same challenges, but actually there's a lot of really good stuff happening there. So some of the things we're looking to do, health and safety executive are going to release their figures to us in terms of the industry for day one of the campaign, which launches it, puts it in context. Day two will be about child safety and we are going to, we're going to tackle it, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not always a popular thing to talk about, but it's something that I think needs to be spoken about because yeah. when you're speaking to families who've lost a child in the workplace, you know, that's not something you ever want any family yeah. to go through. Never, yeah. But we're going to also switch it up. We're going to talk about good things that are happening in the industry and fabulous farm safety champions. So if you know somebody that's out there doing something, get in contact with us because we want to celebrate these people. We're going to choose a top 10 not in order, but just 10 fantastic farm safety champions that are changing things yeah. out there and that have been working tirelessly and probably behind the scenes and under the radar. We want to bring them up and give them air, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And then we also want to talk about um, things that farm safety is not just about life ending accidents, it's about life changing ones. When there's 25,000 injuries every year that are long-term health conditions um, and say musculoskeletal, farmer's lung, you know, um, hearing loss, eye issues, you know, so we want to talk about that too, because it's important that we bring people and make them more aware of the other dangers that lie on the farm, not just the fatal injuries. Yeah, okay, and uh, all the farmers I, I know, everyone in the sector is so well connected. So if we could pick up on, on that campaign and share it, not only yeah. in our own community, but with our local MP, with our local uh, BBC uh, radio station, uh, other radio stations are available just to get that that uh, that conversation going, would, yeah. be, would be very helpful. Well, we actually have a toolkit that we give out. We have 400 partners right throughout the UK of people like this who are really interested in getting involved. So we basically give them, this is the background, these are the um, these are the approaches we're taking, this is the hashtag, this is the logo you can use. Here's even a, a press release that's written for you. It's delete and insert your name, such and such is keen to support Farm Safety Week, yada, yada, yada. So, and then get that out to the local press as well. So it's just liking and sharing content on social media, tagging us in anything, stuff that you might be doing as part of Farm Safety Week. It doesn't really matter. It's just as long as we're flooding, that we yeah. want to just flood well media with yeah. that message all week. So people sit up, take notice of the wonderful farmers that we have out there and the fact we all want to work together to keep them safe. Yeah. Debbie, she's very good, isn't she? she, she she's, she's a cracker for our sector. Can I ask about uh, lone working and mental health issues? Because those are always ones that struck me as being particular farmer focus. Um, I yeah. had a colleague, a, a lad I grew up with, who had a fatal accident, which was really related to the fact that he was working alone and didn't have his phone with him at the time. Um, and I think that's incredibly sad. So I, I presume things have moved on and people are a, a lot more aware of, of lone working. But 
um, you know, there's also the mental health side of things when people are lone working. Can, can you give us some background on that? Yeah, I mean, we've done an awful lot of research into that, Debbie. I mean, a couple of years ago, let's say five years ago when we started doing Mind Your Head, it wasn't something people were really talking about in the industry, the issue of poor mental health and mental health struggles. And we decided that we would create this campaign because we knew we were being told, like you, we were being told that people were starting to have accidents because they weren't in the right headspace. You imagine it, you're not thinking well, you're feeling depressed and all the signs and symptoms of somebody that is actually undergoing struggles with their mental health are quite frightening when you take uh, large machinery into consideration. Somebody that become easily distracted, not sleeping well, not inability to concentrate, inability to make decisions. And we know farmers are decision makers because they often work on their own and they're the fight, they've nobody else to compare and to actually check out with. So if you think about the fact that if you're not in the right headspace when you get behind the wheel of a tractor, it's not the tractor that's dangerous, it's you. Yeah, and that momentary lapse of concentration can change your life or end your life. But also if you have a, a large um, accident on or an incident on the farm, the mental health repercussions of that yeah. can go on for years. The PTSD that you might have as a result of it, the depression, the fact that you may have to change your whole structure, the financial side of things, all yeah. of those worries that can contribute to somebody struggling with their mental health. And we're not even talking about the unique stressors that the industry faces. The fact that most of the things that farmers work with are completely out of their control, like the weather, like political yeah. issues, like what's happening in Ukraine, that has a massive effect on our industry as well. The Brexit effect is still happening. It's still worrying. You know, border checks and all of that kind of stuff, you know, that have now again been delayed is causing consternation um, and it's causing uncertainty and anything that can cause uncertainty can cause anxiety. Yeah. You know, so it's something that we need to be aware that we all have mental health. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. We all have it and we all need to look after it. But also we need to look out for each other. We're a small industry in the grand scheme of things. One percent of the workplace population. But actually, the one fantastic thing about the industry is that we're really good at helping each other, you know, and jumping in when things go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So that does mean that you need to put yourself out there, ask, you know, if somebody's OK, whether it's by text or face to face or pick up the phone, whatever you're comfortable with. But if they don't answer you, you know, as we said before, ask again, because it is a question. Are you OK? You know, Seven, if we ask so, sorry, Stephanie, well, well done, because there, there is, if they've got one advantage over the construction industry, we do have a, a fantastic community. And talking of communities, Kirsty, um, MDS, just a um, two-part two question for you, Kirsty. Christine, hi. Um, uh, uh, with Just give a bit of a background to, to MDS and your age profile of uh, the individuals that you look after under the MDS programme. And do you see um, they adopting uh, a positive health and safety culture within the businesses they're working in? Kirsty. Absolutely. So for our, our graduate scheme in particular, um, we recruit um, individuals looking to start their careers um, in the food industry. Um, and that can be from an agricultural point of view right up to the, the food processing, but in quite a lot of situations, um, dangerous environments. And the majority of them are coming into it with no experience of working within these environments. So they haven't necessarily come from family farms or they're maybe used to some of the um, equipment. We really try and push the fact um, of how serious uh, safety is working within these environments. They always have to do their um, health and safety training at the start of each 
it's a common to every new place that they're they're sent to um and i would say it's there's potentially more work that we can done before they they get before we even um get hold of these individuals um and i sort of wanted to ask steph in terms of working with younger people do you think it's the responsibility of parents schools the government to teach children about or young people about safety on farms so people who are not necessarily on them and working them but going to being in these environments I think to be honest um in terms of the young young are we talking young young at primary school age or yeah, are we talking oh, sort of I was I was thinking when I was at school there were safety videos everywhere there were safety videos when you're watching cartoons about how to cross the road there were safety videos about not playing with fireworks I don't think any of that is taught in schools. My daughter's only just starting school, so I probably don't know all the, the facts around it, but there doesn't seem to be the big campaigns that we used to have about how to be safe and how to approach different situations. I live in a rural community. Children are on and off farms whilst they, they play, but do all of them know how to be safe from there? I definitely know the people that we are um, interacting with in their 20s, early 20s, they don't necessarily know the dangers that they might be facing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, th the thing is actually one valuable lesson for rural children to be told, uh, to be learned is actually the word no. To be told no once in a while. And that I know it's not very popular because that's sort of negative parenting. But, you know, to be told no once in a while, especially if the risk to their safety is involved, you know, is probably a very valuable lesson that they can learn I mean we're working we're working at the minute with Wales um for a an initiative for rural children in Welsh primary schools to get them at that, that very young age but it depends obviously on the profile of the particular region it works in Wales it'll work in Northern Ireland but maybe not so much in England mm -hmm. you know but we're go we work as, as as and that's why we go you work with the young farmers clubs because their uh, members are as young as 12, you know, and they're from that rural background and the fantastic largest rural youth network in Europe kind of thing. So that's why a lot of our training that we're doing in our Farm Safe uh, Curve module is delivered to them to get those messages across. But they should be getting at a young age. I think all rural primary schools should be teaching some sort of level of that now and I know NFU are very good um the National Farmers Union are very good at that getting farm to fork message across you know we'd be happy to work with them on a farm safety similar yeah. resource and the wonderful thing is there was, there's loads of resources out there for that um Health and Safety Executive Northern Ireland have, have got fantastic resources out there that are aimed at key stage one key stage two children we're bringing it through to sort of secondary GCSE level and above. So that's where we go. So we go GCSE right up to undergraduates. Christine, just with the, Christine, thank you very much, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Um, Christine, with your um, ex-governmental uh, gov 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 um, head on, it's interesting that a, a key rural insurers had to set up a charity to try and combat this, this ongoing issue when you would have thought, going back to Kirsty's example, that there would have been more uh, government initiative Christine, what do you think? I, well, if you look at the construction industry, they told the construction industry to sort themselves out. And if we all just think about construction sites, 
They're always wearing their hivers. They're always wearing their helmets. They're always well shielded off from the public. Um, and the pressure was on the construction industry because they used to kill more people from farming. We've now overtaken them. And, and I think that really what they, they want us to sort ourselves out. And to be honest, we're the ones that have probably got the best ideas of what needs to be yeah. done. And, you know, just thinking back to my co-op farm days, you know, let's get rid of this butch culture, but we would be driving along on the road and you'd turn off onto the farm track. And the first thing the farm manager would do would undo their seatbelt. <laughs> yes. I'm not on the road anymore. I'm taking my seatbelt off. And, yeah. you know, I know the NFU's tried very hard about the idea of wearing helmets on quad bikes, but I was on a red tractor audit. And um, but the, 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 I was just shadowing it to see because I, didn't, I wanted to learn about how they did it. And, and the, uh, the auditor said, I need to see such and such of things. And he said, oh, he said, oh, well, they're a bit of a way away. And, he, and, and, and the farmer disappeared and he came back with a quad bike. And, uh, and, and we were both expected to sit on the back of it. He wasn't wearing a helmet and he didn't provide pro helmets for either of us too. And I think I got on that quad bike and I went and the whole time I was on it, I was thinking, if anything happens, I'm in deep trouble here because I'm a huge advocate for wearing helmets. I should not have got on that quad bike. But I also wanted to make sure that all of our auditors knew that if ever they were asked to sit on a quad bike and they weren't offered a helmet, they should have said no. They weren't even seats. I mean, I was sitting where the dog normally sits. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, th I think the beauty, Max, as well, if I can add to that, is the fact that, you know, when you've got government doing it or, or government pushing it, that's one thing. But the strength of us as a charity sending these messages is our neutrality. Yeah. NFU Mutual basically set us up. They put the, they basically put their money where their mouth is and they walk away. So they're not my board. They're, you know, we have an independent board of trustees. Yeah. from industry you know so i report to them and then i go back to nfu mutual saying this is how we've spent our money they're massively supportive it's part of what they do as a mutual organization anyway you know so it suits them and they're very proud of their association with us but our strength is our neutrality if we were an insurance company telling them to do something yeah. they wouldn't do it if yeah. we were set up by the government they wouldn't do it yeah you know and we can't we couldn't say controversial things like say no to children yep you know yep. let them cry seriously let them cry you know yep. they'll be fine they'll forget about it but you know what they'll be safe and they'll be alive yeah and i wasn't advocating that uh, uh you, you should be uh pushed aside and the, and the government should run it if anything i was looking for a pot of money from the government to come to you i will take it i'm not proud yeah <laughs> So everyone, wow, blimey. Um, Christine, I know you came in late and thank you very, very much for, for, for coming on the call. It's, it's, been, it's been so enlightening, Debbie, hasn't it? That, the main thing I've learned today, I'm gonna to change my terminology and especially of that of my tractor mad 14 year old. It's not um, accidents, it's incidents and incidents can be prevented. Stephanie, is that right? I've got to go That's with that mantra. correct, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so, but, so and it, it's also that there are actually a lot of resources and probably a lot of case studies out there that we can hook into. And it's just about showcasing them and highlighting them and making people think. Yeah. I think we, we, we struggle with getting people to record near misses. Every near miss is an incident that didn't happen. 
And I just think, you know, get, getting to sort of to note that this nearly happened or that nearly happened is a very, very good way of learning. And that's how the rail industry works. It's how, how the aircraft industry works. Every time there's a near miss, the whole thing gets investigated. How did it nearly happen? And how do we make sure that it never actually happens? And I just think there's a whole culture. We, we do struggle, don't we, getting trainees to report near misses? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's that, that fear factor of dobbing someone in or maybe not even realising what the severity could be. Um, and that's always a, a hard message to, to get across to them. Yeah. But also, yeah. As, Max, as Max said, with that... Um, with the estate that's close to him that have that normalizes conversations about farm safety mm. basically saying okay because actually if you're inviting people to talk about farm safety and to actually keep their eyes out for things that could potentially go wrong so that they have something to contribute to tomorrow's meeting first thing then i think that's fantastic as well i i, I love the idea of that but you're inviting people to yeah. actually speak up yeah I, I'm going to find it fascinating tomorrow. T today is uh, Tuesday, the 3rd of May. I'm interviewing at uh, live at Lama in the NEC tomorrow. And, and needless to say, I'll, I'll pick up some tractor manufacturers and other, other machinery manufacturers. And I'm going to ask them on, on air what's, what, what we can all collectively do and why we should be adopting you, Stephanie, and, and, and your various campaigns. Because if you think of those groups, the, the, the reach that they've got, the social media side, just for them to, to repost and share and, uh, and, and like your post is going to help the industry significantly. Because we, I don't want to be, uh, we, we just got, it's, 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 it's not, we just got to do this, haven't we? Stephanie, haven't we? We just got yeah, to do this. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, actually, we're going to be at Lama tomorrow. Okay. And we're, we're invited guests of Canam you know the and it, because they like what we do but they don't you know so they're saying look we'll give you a, a platform Brilliant. you know to engage with people specifically for quad bikes we're on the nfu and nfu mutual stand as well so we're kind of fit in both camps yeah. but yeah but it, it is exactly that it's you know what can you do to support this because you're the guys that are benefiting from the people that are buying these machineries how do you ensure people use it properly Yep, you know, yep. do you subsidize an easy ATV course? Yep. Do you give everybody a free helmet with every bike? Not just in Farm Safety Week, but every week. Yep. How much is that yep. going to cost? Like, seriously, not that much. Yeah. But if it means you're normalizing that as part and parcel of that quad bike routine. Yeah. Can I interview you tomorrow, Stephanie? I'll be there, don't you worry. You've got Fantastic. That well, that, that's, that's, that's secure. So everyone, it's been, it's been such a good conversation. It's, it's As Debbie said, it's the sort of conversation that we need to talk about because it is so important because we don't want any family or business to go through things that we, we've all, all seen in the past. It, it is so preventable. They're not accidents, they're incidents. So if we can do all these little, little steps and share everything that uh, Stephanie and her team are putting out to raise the awareness and get the younger generation uh, to talk about this, uh, this, this issue on, a, on an open but, but serious basis, it's gonna make uh, us tremendously safe. And, and Stephanie, we mustn't forget, we have an international audience dialed in. Um, and we, as we talked about so when we were setting this call up, um, um, some of the countries, especially in the likes of Africa, they'll learn from this conversation and they'll look to de deploy everything that we're learning on health and safety in their countries as well. So this lovely ripple effect, if we can do good here, we can do good um, on, a, on an international basis. So, so okay. Stephanie, you've been brilliant. I look forward to catching up with you tomorrow. Stephanie, do you think it's okay? Because Christine was late. Do you think I can show off about uh, that lovely comment that we had about Debbie earlier uh, to, to oh, Christine? Okay. Stephanie, is that okay? Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> so, so, Christine, we, um, because you weren't here, Christine,
Christine, and um, um, and uh, Debbie had to deputise for you. Um, I, I was speaking to a contact this morning, and uh, she said, "Oh, you you got Debbie on. If it wasn't for Debbie, I wouldn't have gained the career I've got today." Was the comment that we got to, about our, our Debbie? Not fantastic. And, it, and so just just majoring on the point about the this, this community that you have in, in women and food and farming and these key people who look out who mentor um who creates um, amazing broadcasts like this with, with, with stephanie uh, on an ongoing basis so all credit to women and food and farming uh, you must join up we'll, um hopefully in the come the summer christine kirsty debbie you'll, you'll go back to live events but we'll keep rolling on them um, on our little zoom platforms uh, to spread the word about all good things in women in food and farming. Stephanie, thank you very much. Debbie, thank you. Kirsty, thank, thank you. Kirsty, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B